touch your neighbor and don't touch them too hard because I don't want them to explode on you. Say, are you about to explode? Oh. Passover gone. When, 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 we, when we look at the text about the prodigal son, we find out at the end that the prodigal son had been mad for years. He said, all of these years I've been with you and you never killed a calf of me. Not even a goat you never killed. He had been mad in the church, lost in the house. Mad in the house, hot in the house, steam coming out of his ears in the house, sitting in the pew. Said for years, all bottled up on the inside. Good God Almighty! Woo! And see, this will take you out if you're not careful. Hello, somebody in here. And see, the thing about it is, you know, the Bible says when you hold anger in like this, the Bible calls us a fool. He said, it's a fool that allows anger to rest in them. You'd be surprised at the people that's still angry at somebody that's dead. Aunt Mabel's dead now, but I can't stand her ever since she, she gave everybody a candy apple but me. And you, every time you think about it, you start steaming. She done buried her 10 years ago. You still anger resting in your bosom. Touch your neighbor and say, are you mad with somebody that's dead? Good God Almighty. Just anger built up on the inside. Unresolved issue. That's why I tell people, stop trying to hold stuff. No, people are, I'm going to take this to my grave. Trying to hold stuff in and all this kind of stuff. See, if, many times, if you ever want to get rest, if you ever want to get a relief, if you ever, you got to get it out and settle it. Oh, my God. Just anger, just mad. About to go off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And see, it, it, write this one down. Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 27. I just want to teach just a little bit, and we're we, we, we getting, getting ready to close. It says this, be ye angry, and sin not. Then it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't, don't let them die, and y'all still mad. They buried him, you still mad. Get it out. Settle that thing. Because if you don't, the enemy will try to use it to haunt you the rest of your life. Oh, my God. It says, be angry, but sin not. And I love that because it lets us know that God does not deny us the right to have an emotion. He said, be angry. Go on, get upset about it. It's all right. In, in, in fact, he said, you know, he, he lets us know that when, when the violent suffered violence, 
take it by force. He told us to take it by force. When he told, in, in other words, see, anger is something many times that will help you and push you forward when it's the right kind. It's mismanaged anger that will mess you up. It's mismanaged anger that caused sin. You got mad and slammed the refrigerator door, tore the refrigerator door up. Now the food gonna spoil. You got mad and slapped your son, and now the whole side of his face. You snatched your daughter and broke her arm. You slapped your wife, and now you know, and, and now you, you you're telling a lie in church. And, you know, she you know she was under weather. It moves to it mismanaged anger. Mismanaged. God said, "I'm not going to deny you an emotion. I'm not going to deny you from getting upset and getting angry." God got angry. Jesus got angry one time and went down and turned the tables over. The money changes. And he did that because what they did was wrong. But he said, be angry, but sin not. My God, my God. Look at your neighbor, tell him, say, don't you blow this. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. And it says here in verse 27, it says, and neither give place to the devil. Because when you mismanage it, what it means by giving place, you give territory to the devil. You give him territory. And many times, the first territory that the devil wants to take is your family, your house. You begin to give him territory. Amen. And you, you're upset now. Now the house is in disarray. Everybody's fussing and going off, you know, and anger. Has, the whole, everybody blew up. And now somebody's in there throwing dishes and, and breaking up stuff that you paid good money for. Many times, see, when a baby have a tension tantrum, you know, you just, just look at them down there. You stick the ball in the mouth and get them up. But when you have a tension tantrum, you start breaking up furniture and start breaking up stuff that costs money. Exploded, blew up, mismanaged. See, see, when you manage anger, anger is a sign of maturity. Mature enough to walk outside and count to ten. Mature enough to call one of the brothers and say, man, I just need you to pray for me. Call one of the sisters and say, that, that joker playing golf again. You need to pray for me right now. Because I, st I, I start to throw all the whole set away. Every club. And you wonder, hit him over the head when he got back. Anger mismanaged. Be mature in that anger. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to be mature in it. Don't let that anger push you to a plan that's evil. You done slashed somebody's body's tired. You in the church talking about God is a good God. You done, and you mad. You done keyed somebody's car. Oh, come on, somebody. It's in here. Amen, somebody. Mad talking about I'm not going to call them no more. 
sister, your own brother, your own mother, your own father. Oh, hello. It's mighty quiet in here right now. Amen, somebody. That let me know I'm preaching good. Amen, somebody. Because you see, you got to focus on the healing. That's why the Bible says, speak the truth in love. See, if, 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 if you hurt, you got, many times you got to be able to ask God lead, let somebody know. But speak the truth in love. When you can speak the truth in love. You say, look, I love you, but I, I just want you to know this, you know, uh, about what you did, how, how I felt. And, 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 and I really, I had to pray to God because I felt that way. Because I felt something that was not of God coming up on me. Wanted to do some things that was not of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Look at here. Let me tell you to set the next point I want to give you. It comes from Genesis 41 and 51. Because Joseph, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. And so that says something because it says, For God has made me forget all my toil. And all my father's house. In other words, God has called him, caused him to be able to let that go. And, and the second point is this. Rely on God to help you release people. Rely on God to help you release people. The ones that when you think about, it hurts. It makes you mad. Because you got to release the past to walk into your future. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to release that past to walk into your future. Manasseh simply means God has made me forget my trouble. Good God of mine, all that I had to go through. But you say, wait a minute now. How do I forget this? They stole my youth. Joseph said, they stole my youth. They violated my name. They threw me in a pit. I had to go in. I went into prison because of them. I was a slave because of them. People looked at me like I was nothing because of them. They lied on me, stole my inheritance, pushed me away from my inheritance. How do I forget that? How do, let's bring it on home. How do I forget my daddy raped me? How do I forget that? How do I forget the time that you, you came in and, and, and I trained you for the, for the position and you lied on me and got my position? How do I forget that? How did I forget all the time that, that we were hanging out and we were, and, and, oh, we cool and all this and all this. And the next thing I know, you stepped out with my best friend. How did I forget that? See, many times we, we, we struggle in our humanity when it comes to religious commandments. We struggle in our humanity many times when it comes to divine commandments. Amen, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody that ain't faking, just say amen. 
because it's in the room. Many under the sound of my voice, many times you want to go off. You want to get even. How do I forget something that I have nightmares about? How do I forget that? Oh, it's getting kind of quiet. Is Joseph saying that I forgot it all, that it's not in my mind, that I don't remember it anymore? Is that what he's saying? Oh, no. What he's saying is, I have released it from the inside. What he's saying is, I have cut the umbilical cord where it doesn't bother me anymore. He's saying that I'll not live. If I see him now, I can still smile and go up and shake hands. He's saying that now I can still live and I found out that I cannot go into my future if I don't release my past. Regardless of how it hurts regardless of how it felt, that I can go forward. See, one thing God told me when he began to deal with me about this particular text. See, you got to understand, like Joseph did, that all the toil that you have to go through cannot stop you from the destiny that God has for you. And, and, and understand this. God was letting me know. He said, through this fast, he said, the, the, he said, y'all are going through the fast 21 days. He said, but in order, he said, there's some in the congregation, there's some that I want to speak to. They will still not be able to totally get free until they release that thing that's bottled up on the inside of them. Because even through the fasting and praying, he said, if they do not release this thing, it's going to snatch them back, right back into the place where they started out from before the fast. And he said, so total freedom, total deliverance, being totally set free, they got to release that pain, that hurt that happened a long time ago. That hurt that happened years ago. That hurt that happened when you were small. That hurt that happened when they spoke that thing into your spirit and it messed you up for years, even makes you cry. That hurt that makes you right now because, oh, and it, it, it'll cause you to shut down. But he said, You got to release it. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Even the dead folk that made you mad. You've got to release that. Let it go. Let it go. Now, my next point is simply this, and I want to bring this home. See, because Manasseh was a reminder to Joseph that God had erased his past and given him a fresh start. But Joseph wasn't in the pit no more. He wasn't in the prison no more. But now he was in the palace. And so you got to understand, even there's one thing you got to understand, because even when we are up here, that's why they call this the pool pit. 
Because when word is coming forward, this word here that we're giving out to you, this bread, this manna, this rope that I'm throwing to you, is designed to pull you out of the pit that you're in. That's why this is the pool pit. That's why the word of God is so powerful. If you grab hold on it and, and just latch on to it, it'll pull you out of your pit. And so the final point I want to give you is simply this. Despite the past, God can make you fruitful again. He can make you fruitful again. And Deacon Weir, the sons that Joseph had, oh, they depicted what was going on within him. Because when he had Manasseh, it, he, when he had Manasseh, it, it, the, the name of Manasseh means you have caused me to forget all the toil that I have been through. But now he have had the second son, and he named him Ephraim. It means that God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Oh, my God. He said, I look around, and the very place that I suffered, God has called me to be fruitful. Oh, you got to understand everything that they did to you, everything that enemy tried to do to shut you down. Amen. God said, I can make you fruitful again. And that's the reason he could say this. You would be a fool to allow anger to continue to rest in you. God, call me today to speak this word to you to deliver someone under the sound of my voice. Because David said, oh my God, when he went through all the things that he went through, and God turned his life around, now we see Joseph. And Joseph said, despite what I went through and despite what people did to me, God blessed me anyway. Some of y'all been through some stuff for talking about you, but God blessed you anyway. Oh, my God. Some of y'all been raped in here. You haven't told nobody, but God blessed you anyway. Some of y'all didn't get the position. Somebody lied on you and got it. Somebody set you up, but God blessed you anyway. Had to go to jail, but God blessed you anyway. Oh, I know it's in here. God blessed you anyway. Lost some stuff, but God blessed you anyway. Made you so mad you got the shoebox out of the closet. Somebody talked you out of it. Later on, God blessed you anyway. Oh, come on, somebody give God some praise up in here. See, I, I begin to look and see what happened with his life. All the things that Joseph went through, the things that they did to try to tear him down, the enemy tried to break him. Yes, it happened, but God blessed you anyway. All the things, yeah, the 20 pieces of silver sold him into slavery. And, and, and as I begin to, to go through this, God reminded me of his son. He said, you got to understand, see, my son went through the same thing. They tried to set him up. He said, they, they, he was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. They took his clothes too, sold him out. Amen. Not only did they sell him out, he, he went ahead and went through the murder that they set up against him. 
But he turned around. And Deacon Griffin, the very one that whipped him, the soldiers that whipped him, the very ones that snatched the beard out of his face, the very ones that beat him so bad, the book of Isaiah says that his visage was marred more than any other man, meaning his appearance was marred more than any other man. The one they spit on him, there's another place in the word, amen, that says all of his bones was out of joint, amen. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails, amen. They whipped him 400 and some lashes when you multiply all of the strands, all of the, all of the things that, that came out. They was nine that came out and, and they, it had bone fragments in it, little fragments of sharp metal that when they snatched it back, it ripped him and his bowels was hanging out. Amen. Oh, come It's not that pretty picture that you see it, but our Father God, amen, turned around when he sent his son, his son still went to the cross for those that hurt him. those that heard him he went to the cross for just like Joseph when his brothers came in there was a famine in the land Joseph saw his brothers when they came and he recognized them but they didn't recognize him so let me tell you something God can bless you so good you, know, you can go through something and God can bless you so good when the folk that hurt you when they see you they can't even recognize you they didn't even recognize him, but he, but he recognized them. And he began to start talking to them. And they came and bowed to him. And the, and, and, it's, and, it, and the text lets us know when they bowed to him, he let them know right then. He reminded him of his dream because that's why they got upset with him because he told his dream that he saw his father and his whole family bowing to him. And he's standing there looking at them. See, at, at this time, he had released them. He had let it go. And he began to ask him, so where's my baby brother? They told him. And he kind of went through a little process with them just to see what they would do. Oh, he played with them just a little while, but he wasn't trying to get back at them. He was just reminding them of some things because he heard his older brother Reuben say, he said, some of this have come upon us because of what we did to Joseph. Joseph hurt him. And Joseph was trying to keep his cool. He was trying to keep his cool. And all of a sudden, he sent all of those that was in the room helping him. He sent them out of the room. And then he just burst out crying because all of that now have come to a head. All of that toil that he had thought about, all that he went through, and now that God had blessed him so good, blessed him so good that he was able to help those that hurt him. And all the years of the famine, he brought the whole family up there with him, moved them to another place, and blessed them the whole time. I mean, and, and see, you've got to understand, somebody that sold you, somebody that threw you in a hole, somebody that put you, went through slavery, all this kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Prison for these jokers. Set in a stinking prison. All this kind of stuff. And God had healed him to the point where he could look at them in the face and hug their necks and cry. 
There's some of y'all in here need to hug somebody's neck. You're going to cry about it because everything's going to begin to come out. Oh, my God. Pretty good. I have to hug their neck. And, let it, and he let it all come out. He hugged them. Hugged their neck. And began to cry. Oh, my God. And so he named his sons Manasseh. Made me forget that was the oldest boy. Then the other one, Ephraim. But you've also made me fruitful in the land that I suffered here. Now I want you to, to you two, two young men to come up here right there on the end. Come on. And so when they got to the old age, Jacob was in his old age. Joseph heard about it. So he brought his boys. He brought the boys because he wanted Jacob, his father, to bless them. He wanted them to bless them before he died. So he brought them. And Pastor you, you, you Jacob. Excuse me, I'm Jacob. You, Joseph, bringing your sons. And, and when you brought, this, brought the boys and you placed them in front, and, and this is the older boy. So now you got the younger boy. 